Hello and welcome to the Paddle School Podcast. Your host and paddle coach Sandy here. Each episode I will share with you my paddle coaching experience, bringing you top tips, latest news from around the world and interviewing some of the leaders in the industry and all to help you play your best paddle. So let's not waste any more time, get comfortable and enjoy the episode. So in this episode we are here again on the podcast couch with with Tom and myself and we're going to discuss how to beat tennis players at paddle and and this is something we're all too familiar with uh, both being from a tennis background yeah how to beat ourselves isn't yeah. it <laughs> how to beat if you play against us this is how you win so uh, well we're ex tennis players now aren't we we're ex tennis tennis is a yeah. long long way away oh, yeah i haven't touched a tennis racket I've touched it once in the last 10 years, so um, yeah, I couldn't call myself a tennis player anymore, that's yeah. for sure. So we'll have to dig into our memory banks to... Yeah, uh, yeah. well, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's still seared into my mind. Those games of playing, like initially moving to paddle from tennis are, are definitely seared into my mind and how frustrating that, that journey at the beginning is. So I think to begin with, why don't we talk about the struggles that we faced as tennis players and and you know both of us were, were a high level tennis player you higher than myself but both played pro um and and moved to paddle what were what were some of the struggles that you found like early on i think for all tennis players and i'm sure those listening can probably resonate with this is is the glass isn't it because tennis you're taking everything before before the glass and mm. suddenly you've got this element of the ball can come back it goes past me and it comes back again you know something as basic as that but that that whole movement pattern that yeah the anticipation around that i think that's for me was was the biggest thing i think there's there's many many others you know the the, the mentality is different the, the difference with power but for me you know we probably start with the glass can't we because that's that's a big thing for tennis yeah players. i think we could even break this down into the, the technical bits so you know the technical bits was the the, the overheads for me took took okay. a while yeah. um yeah. you know just a very unnatural height to be hitting your bandeja your vibra technically how to to deal with the the glass the double glass then i think you've almost got court position and tactics that that come in there so understanding that court position and 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 really when you're talking about tactics everyone knows the objective is to take the net and as a tennis player we often net rush like we come in and we're rushing in and trying to get forward and and trying to chip and charge chip and charge and <laughs> and you know at, the beginner level it works and yeah. you feel confident you're playing against other tennis players and and you you might win a few of those battles so it's then kind of understanding that and realizing that that's not necessarily a long-term uh, pattern of play for for paddle and then there's the bit that you're talking about is controlling the speed controlling your adrenaline and and attacking during the point and not being all-out attack once you start but understanding that a point goes attack defense attack defense and and rebuilding a point was one of the most difficult things for me where like tennis you, you know you you hit a big forehand you come forward you're being aggressive it's very unlikely in that point that you're suddenly going to be chasing around back on the baseline again yeah. I, I mean it just doesn't happen and so in paddle when you get into that setting and you're in that and you'd be really aggressive with your volley to find the next ball you're suddenly at the back of the court again is is a real mindset shift there i think to get yourself understanding the flow of a point and the game yeah we see it a lot don't we especially well even recreational and advanced players that the second and tennis players the second it starts getting fast suddenly it's like pinball it's like mm. fast fast and that because that's in in tennis that's what happens right you know you're aggressive from the back of the court both players are hitting hitting yeah. fast balls but in paddle it, it just doesn't it's not effective is it yeah and, like and technically 
you know, in, in tennis, you have looping swings, you have leg drive, you have transfer of body weight. Your, your objective is to hit the ball hard. And so when one person hits the ball hard in paddle, whether it's glass or you block it, it ends up being fast back and, and very quickly rallies get out of control. Yeah, so I mean, those are the struggles for a tennis player coming to paddle. And I think a lot of our platform, the courses on our platform are, are geared towards that as well, aren't mm. they? So a lot of players that come to our platform are actually tennis players and we've got courses, haven't we, that, that discuss all of this. But I think for, for this podcast, let's talk about how you would beat a tennis player because those are all the struggles. So, you know, imagine, you know, a listener might be going up against a couple of tennis players this weekend. Mm. What's, what's the tactic? going in i mean i think you know tactic and 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 understanding we've just talked about the struggles there so so we know roughly what they will find difficult they will most likely find the glass difficult they will most likely find defensive overheads difficult they will probably play very fast attacking overheads from anywhere the ball goes so so being being aware of that they almost certainly won't like a serve that goes against the glass. Uh, most people, tennis background or not, don't like that, especially at, at lower levels. And, and so you will also probably find them kind of creeping up the court in the point. So they're in that no man's land area. And I think the other thing is that what you find with tennis players is if they go all out attack, which, which most of them do, that it's very difficult to sustain that like throughout a match they mm. might have some amazing winners they might hit an incredible smash they might play two or three games of you know flu not i don't want to say fluke but high risk shots that come off and and so you know you go into that mindset of the match saying right you know they will do that there will be shots that that will be impressive and you've just got to say right i'm gonna i'm gonna win with consistency and patience over time so you know what what it's not as easy as players might think when you say, right, well, we need to hit the glass. But you've got a tennis player and they're half yeah. volleying and blocking and the ball in, yeah. in, in front of the glass. Yeah. And so, you know, you then got to almost change your angles of attack. So instead, normally you might hit a volley deep past the service line and, and they come in and block it. Now you might say, right, I'm going to aim in front of their feet or I'm going to aim... You know, so it bounces and hits the fence or the side glass, or I'm going to aim down the middle, but shorter down the middle so that, you know, you're, you're playing into these gaps that either force them to use the glass or they are really, really desperate to get out of it. Because that's also what you want. If they're desperate to get out of it, likely you will get an easier ball. Yeah, and you're opening up the space that way, aren't you? You're kind of, if you can get them, like you said, that slow middle ball, force mm -hmm. them into that area, and then it opens up the the walls doesn't yeah. it in the corner i think also with a lot of players is that when they play against tennis players they're playing fast and like you say play high risk shots that, that go in suddenly they start panicking think oh i've got to do something and actually make more mistakes but what we're saying is actually be be patient don't don't suddenly think you have to play an yeah. amazing level to to beat these guys yeah i mean because at the end of the day if they're good tennis players the paddle will win through. If, yeah. if you play good paddle, it will win, win through. So you've just got to say to yourself, right, I'm going to push them into this corner and make them use that glass. And, and once you've created a space, then you've got more space to hit into the other glass. And until you get to a point where you can say, right, I'm going to you know, make them play with double glass and turn maybe, mm -hmm. or I'm going to make them play with some side spin off the side glass or back glass. And, and so... But you, you can't do that immediately. Like it's very difficult to do that immediately. So you need to, to force them into positions. And even if that's playing a little bit shorter, like playing shorter volleys is not 
the same as it is in tennis where you think, well, they, they might attack me. It's creating openings. And I think the other thing that we see a lot with tennis players is they hit so hard from the back because they think that passing shots are, are a part of paddle like they are from tennis. And they hit so hard that when it goes past, often it will come off the glass yeah. back to you. So it's very difficult you can get caught up in a, a rapid fire game but if they're hitting big ground strokes and even more with top spin you can let that ball go past you hit the back glass come back to you still near the net position the ball has slowed down a lot and then you could play a, a sensible paddle shot you have to remain calm though don't you i'm just i'm envisaging that situation and the ball's flying at you and your instinct is probably to to, yeah. to get a fast volley back but yeah it's, it's about remaining calm isn't it well you know what it's like and and we i think we both had this experience early from early into paddle from tennis and and playing against you know spanish players they they you, you can't phase them i yeah. mean they, they will just lob and play soft to your feet and play you into positions where you're attacking fast game it just it can't be effective and you've almost got to take that approach like you know i'm gonna really slow this down and and, and we talked there about tennis players at the back of the court, but it's similar at net, really. Like, if, if you're at the back and they're at net, you know hitting hard to, to chest to shoulder height is, is perfect. I yeah. mean, every tennis volleyer loves that. So if you can play a soft, slow ball to the feet or you can play a lob, knowing that when you play a lob, they might smash aggressively, but them smashing aggressively is usually a good thing for you. We talked a lot about tennis players. They use a lot of power getting them to use the glass is effective i mean you said one of your biggest struggles when you came to paddle was was the overheads and defensive overheads in particular so how can a player who's listening to this like implement get forcing these tennis players to hit defensive overheads and what can they do to, think, to implement that i think when we we talk about tennis players and and we have this in our clinics a lot where someone says right i'm from tennis and they might be a recreational tennis player and and therefore they hit everything quite flat and and then we move up and you come to pro tennis players or, or, or very high level tennis players and they can hit a really aggressive topspin smash but they will be used to that waiting for that ball and so if you hit high lobs and they get underneath it and they're aggressive that can often be very difficult to defend and so if you're playing against that you then need to put them out of their comfort zone with those overheads. If you just keep hitting high and they're hit really aggressive and they're winning the points and it's working, you need to say, right, I, I need to play a lower lob to this side, like to one side, or a lower lob over their left shoulder. and Or maybe they don't like really high lobs, you know, because that's when you might use a, a bandeja. And so it's almost forcing them to use the variety of overheads that you require in paddle. And, and the ones I was talking about was being pushed further in the back or a really high one and having to use the bandeja because that's difficult or being forced across and using more of a vibra technique um, if I'm playing on the left for example or the gancho over the left shoulder and, and again it's just about putting them out of their comfort zone. I think the biggest thing though is being ready like yeah. hitting that lob up and knowing you're playing aggressive tennis players and, and moving, like yeah, immediately yeah. It's moving. It's always going to come fast. It's, it's going it? to come. And, and 
you know, we have this discussion when we do a lot of match analysis on, on the platform and we talk to a lot of our players that say, well, I'm playing a tennis player and we might be halfway through a set and I saying, you know, why are you hitting the lob and watching what's going to happen? We've already had eight or 10 examples now of them hitting hard smashes. You can expect that will continue to happen if you continue to hit the same ball. So once you hit that ball and you know that you're playing against those players, move immediately. It'll be much more difficult for them to change their overhead and hit soft than it will be for you, you know, to get in position and put them under pressure. Yeah, and tennis players also only have really one type of smash, which is that top spin, don't they? Mm. You know, they're never. You would never in tennis. The ball comes up for a smash. You're never going to think, oh, I'm going to, you know, come round the the side yeah. of it, or I'm going to hit hit it flat. It's always it's always going to have that top spin on, like like a second. Yeah, set. at a higher level, I think definitely. Yeah. At, at low, that's what I was saying with the lower, maybe recreational tennis players will probably hit it flat. Oh, yeah. They'll they'll yeah. Yeah. not use continental grip and end up kind of hitting a bit flat on it but but yeah generally and they will they will hit it hard so it's it's just being aware of that and also in your position if they do start to try and hit softer the tennis players just keep lobbing like yeah keep keep them doing it if you watch the pros i mean they're hitting 14 15 lobs a rally so you know and and often tennis players won't think of that or if you're playing tennis players you might not think of it you hit one lob a rally and and they hit an aggressive smash so you think oh i'm not going to do that again but you know lob and and, and really use that lob effectively i think as well perhaps and i, I I'm envisaging as well watching players play tennis players is that you know the volleys are fast from the tennis players as well so the instinct is then to go back fast mm. you know to them at the net but like you say you know you never see you know recreational players playing too many lobs do you, you yeah. they always think they are but actually maybe they play one or two but they don't yeah. realize that actually the pros will play several lobs more like a mm. dozen lobs in a rally yeah and, and I think one of the the difficult, this slight tangent here, but one of the really difficult things is when you are the only paddle player, the person playing paddle on the court, and the other three are all tennis players. That can be very difficult because, like you say, it goes starts going fast, and then the ball comes to you fast, and it's very difficult then to to throw up a lob, and then the rest of the point is fast. You know, so yeah. that that's quite a challenge. And we have a lot of students that go through our, our tactical courses and and they learn like the right tactics how to take the net how to you know the, the the three ways you could move them out of position to come forward and they say but my partner is is not playing like this and and obviously our advice is get, get your partner on the platform yeah. but but failing that it's like find a way to to force them also to slow down in a way because if you've got three players playing really quickly, it, it can be very, very tough to, to change the rhythm of the game. Yeah. So we make this podcast really to, to help paddle players improve their game, to help grow the game, develop paddle around the world. And so if you are enjoying this podcast, please do leave us a, a review on whichever platform you are listening to, because it does definitely help us grow grow the audience and therefore grow the game. So we've talked about getting tennis players to use the glass and get them to play out of their comfort zone at the back of the court. We talked about the overheads and how a lot of them struggle with the variety of overheads there are. Let's talk about in a tournament now and the mentality of paddle and how different it is to tennis. Yeah, so I think we've briefly talked about within a point, the roller coaster of up and down, up and down. And I think most tennis players that come to paddle are probably used to playing singles in tennis. I mean, we've played a bit of doubles at a high level, but you know, generally people play singles. And I think understanding that the point is like this in, in emotions for a player, 
but you're, there's two of you. So you have to consider that with your partner. And so when you're playing against two play tennis players, we, we, we talked about being patient and consistent and hanging in there because they can't play, you know, amazing for a long period of time. But especially if they're two singles tennis players, putting the pressure on and keeping you know, your mentality nice and strong and stable. And, and you, you will see, you know, cracks in, in their kind of mental approach to it. If they've missed a few smashes and, and their partner gets on their case a little bit and then you keep giving the smash to that person or you put the, the other person under a bit more pressure. And, and you can often see, because tennis players are used to playing singles and they're used to playing a very offensive game that, when you get them on a paddle court and, and you really think about drawing the match out and, and making them work for it, you can often find some little chinks in their armour. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because in, in tennis, you, like you say, they're used to playing singles, but also in a tennis doubles, now th this might not be the case at the very top level, but in a, in a tennis doubles, you can almost play singles on a doubles court. You know, I'm, mm. I'm thinking back to, you know, two players at the back of the court playing cross court with each other and almost having a their own kind of singles battle and that you see doubles matches sometimes it's really like four singles players on, yeah. a, on a doubles court playing but paddle part, partly because the court is a lot smaller but also the way that the game is is you can't you have to have that connection with your partner don't you you're, you're mm. never going to be in a situation where it's just almost like a one-on-one -on -one in, a, in a in a paddle point is it because it's so interconnected with your partner yeah and I think also you know in tennis you might finish the point and if you're serving you're at the back of the court you go off and get a ball your partner stays at net he's not going to go walk with you to get the ball but in paddle you're you know the the confines of the court make it smaller so you end up moving with them and and it's a lot of a closer relationship in paddle than it would be in tennis and so you've got to be very aware of the the kind of psychology and, and the emotions of your partner and trying to to keep them level and I think if you're not considering that then that can often be you know where where teams really struggle because like we've said if you make a lot of balls and a, a pair is you know kind of dipping their head and they're getting frustrated then you know, it, it's often you see it snowball and the games can go so fast after that. You know, you, you see pairs lose a series of games if they are showing those kind of, showing that they're mentally fragile. Yeah. So we've talked about a few different ways that our listeners and our watchers can beat tennis players on a paddle court. And I think that, you know, if you are if you are listening or watching and you've got a tournament this weekend, share this with your partner before you go and play because I think it'll be really helpful for you and your match. Definitely. I mean, we, we've talked about you know working as a pair and, and being in sync and and if if you both have listened to this and you both know how you're going to play against two tennis players it will make it that much easier and please do let us know if, if these tactics work for you either in you know the comments if you're watching this on youtube or, or on instagram or we're on linkedin as well any of any of these platforms we'd love to hear from you and and also maybe let us know which opponents you struggle with and we'd happy happily do a, a podcast on that and we'll see you in the next one